Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Still me thinking about the Golden Girls. Man. <laughs> is this like. This is obviously uh, prior to the Golden Girls or based on the Golden Girls song? What, what? I would guess it's prior because it came out in 78. There you go. So I would right, assume so it's prior sure. and they just, just want to make sure. Yeah. Actually, I don't think I've ever heard this song. I think I always associate these lyrics with the Golden Girls song. I mean, it is the Golden Girls song. song. I was say, like, I yeah. always say with the theme you song. You didn't realize the it was a real song, too. I don't think I actually realized it was a real song. <laughs> I think it might be the first day I realized it was an actual real song <laughs> and not just a theme song to a show. I thought it was like specifically made for the show, potentially. I don't think I've ever heard it outside of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, by Andrew Gold. Did not know that. Good for him. Because I've been shortchanging Andrew Gold all these years. Because I've been thinking it was like a Golden Girls theme song. Uh, <laughs> and I love television theme songs. I mean, does it help that his name is Gold? Uh, no. Not really. Is it how the Golden Girls I know. I was like, I couldn't believe that I've lived on. And I love the Golden Girls show, too. Big fan of the Golden Girls show. Big fan of the theme song. Love them both. And it uh, turns out, learn something new every day. That's why I love my man Patrick, always uh, enlightening me here on the show. Uh, that's what New Theme Thursday is all about. And the new theme of this Thursday is about being thankful. A little gratitude because we got Thanksgiving coming up. My man Patrick's trying to get you in the mood already. Speaking of the mood, we talked a lot about the mood, the, uh, the Moody Center and Texas basketball's big win over the Zags. Now it's time uh, to get back to Texas, Kansas. I believe my man Patrick called it Revenge Week. Is that what you're labeling? Yeah, we're going with Revenge Week. Yeah. I mean, it was, I looked it up. It was November 13th of last year. That was, was, the, that was the day that we uh, lost to Kansas at home uh, and then got destroyed by Gonzaga that night. Wow. Man, most so, Loma fans have decided to forget that and not even remember it at all. But you, that's a great point you bring. Nobody else has brought up that point. That, that it, it was happened on the same day. It was on the same day. And, and I think uh, what helps is I was at trauma. a bar where the bartender uh. thought it was really funny how mad I was. <laughs> yeah. I think most Longhorn fans have tried to forget that day, no matter if you're a basketball or a football yeah. fan. If you're a Longhorn fan, yeah, I did not realize it was on the same day. I think I was so upset. Yeah, well, just, I think a lot of football fans didn't even watch the Gonzaga game necessarily like right after. Because you were so tra- Yeah, because you're like, I'm not, well, I don't want to watch sports anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sports is ruined for me for a while. But I'm a basketball guy, so <laughs> I was watching that, and then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to redeem it. We're going to, you know what? This is how it's going to, the universe is going to even it out. Oh, man. And the universe did not even it out. And did not even it out. But we're no. going to even it out this year. I uh, hope so. I think you're right, man. Revenge Week. The Longhorns have been talking about revenge, uh, the revenge tour, uh, which the football team has all uh, season long. And, yeah, if you're talking about the revenge tour, there is no team that deserves it more than the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian here in a second. Also, some sound that we're going to play from uh, Trent Dilfer. Uh, that I got a chance to pull because he was talking about Quinn Ewers. He does 
mispronounced his name. He calls him Ewer, Ewers instead of Ewers. Uh, but I think it was a very interesting um, and kind of analysis of Quinn Ewers' quarterback development. We know Trent Dilfer uh, works with the with the Elite Eleven and has been, I think he's actually a high school coach right now, but also has done analysis work in the NFL, was an NFL quarterback himself. I thought it was a very interesting take. And his take is very similar to my take. You've heard me give this exact take, not the exact one he's giving, but one very similar to point out what I think the issues may be uh, for Quinn Ewer. So we'll get into that too coming up here in just a second. Uh, talking Texas, Kansas. Before we do that, we're going to hear from uh, Coach, uh, Coach Sark as well because he had his Zoom availability today and we'll get into that. We'll hear from him talking about uh, the running back from Kansas, which is, I mean, he's spectacular. Not, not a lot of people talking about uh, Devin Neal, but he is one of the best running backs in the country. Turns out the Big 12 got like three or four of them guys uh but i also want to get into and i brought this up earlier uh give cj vogel some some credits and props because we've talked about uh on this show actually before it became really a hot topic about the progressions of quinn ewers and you know what he's looking at what he's supposed to be looking at what he's reading pre-snap and post-snap and if that can be any way to try to figure out uh, how to remedy the issues the troubles right the growing pains he's currently going through and one of my big uh at least critiques, suggestions, has, uh, has been, and even before the season started, I was saying, you know what, quick game. they got to start getting the ball out of his hands quicker um, and getting it to your playmakers' uh, hands so they can work in space, they can get you yak yards, um, and try to avoid the long, vertical, deep shots for now. When Quinn Ewers is confident again and comfortable, get back to throwing them bombs. But right now, Quinn's not comfortable. I think we can all agree. I mean, we start thinks he's comfortable, but my eyes are telling me Quinn's not comfortable right now, and he's not very confident in the offense. And the easy way to get a quarterback confident is to just throw quick passes, easy completions, um, high percentage passes. It's like you know somebody who's str- a, a, a shooter that's struggling in basketball. What do you what do they say when you're struggling in basketball, Patrick? What do they tell people when you're struggling to shoot? Hey, man, get to the free throw line. Man, get an easy bucket. Get an easy bucket. Get easy to the free bucket. throw line. Get an easy See bucket. it going. Exactly, right? That's what I think Quinn is exactly right. I think he's got kind of the yips right now, and he just needs to see a completion. And he went through like that uh, the end of the first quarter against TCU without a completion. It may have went longer than that. But my point is this. I think Sark's, uh, um, uh, his fixation, his obsession with those deep passes has affected the development of his young quarterback, Quinn Ewers. And it could just be not only is he fixated on the deep ball, but Quinn Ewers' arm is it's basically enabling his fixation. Because Quinn Ewers' arm can make any throw. He can make any throw. It's like, oh, no, I can make any throw. So I can dial up any, any passing concept, any route combination. It's like, actually, you can, but should you? You know what I mean? Yeah, you could do that, but this is the right thing to do for your quarterback. So C.J. Vogel of Football Brainiacs, I brought these numbers out earlier. I thought they were really intriguing numbers about Sark's uh, obsession with the deep ball and how I think it has had a, a debilitating effect on the offense. Uh, so here's the, what he points out, the percentage of passes attempted over 20 yards in Sark's offense over the last four years. Obviously, two of those at Bama, two of those here at Texas. Uh, in 2019 and in 2020, you're at 15% and 13.2%. In 2021, that number jumps to 16% with Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, and now it's at 20.3%. In 2022, the percentage of passes over 20 yards or more. And by the way, I think all the Longhorn fans, Patrick, would be on board for an increased higher frequency of deep passes if they were connecting on them. Yeah. But they're not connecting on them. Well, yeah. No, I, it's always right. It's the concept of we'd be, if, it's, if something's not working and you did the other, we're in favor of the other. 
because the first thing's not working. It's not working. So if, if we were all going over the middle and going three and out because it's a two-yard gain and a one-yard gain and a sack, and we went, oh, yeah, throw the ball downfield. Look, you're, everyone's bunched up. We go, throw the ball downfield. Are you crazy? Throw the ball downfield. <laughs> but if you always throw the ball downfield, and so they can sit back and put three safeties back and just go like, yeah, we can, we can guard two deep threats now because we just – We'll double Xavier every single time. We're good because uh, we know what you're going to do. We know, it. and then you keep doing that, and then you go, "Well, if I did the other, you'd be mad." Like, no, we wouldn't. Yeah. Promise you, we wouldn't. I, I, I would. And he, he's basically hinted that he's not going to stop taking these shots. By the way, no. they asked him, and he's like, "Not going to take stop taking the shots." And you know what? Maybe he can keep taking the shots. Uh, but man, I would like him to start dialing up higher percentage throws for his quarterback. Like I said, a lot more quick game. What about the screen game for uh, your for your running backs? Uh, I mean, Bijan Robinson didn't have a target in the TCU game. Screen game from screen game for guys like Keelan Robinson and your running backs too. I think that would help get your quarterback in a groove and in a rhythm. So some more stuff from my man CJ Vogel here. Uh, he says average distance of throw last four years in Sox offense. Tua eight point seven average distance of throw uh, in 2019. Mac Jones eight point eight. Casey Thompson, 9.8. Quinn Ewers, 11.5. Why? Why does it keep going up? Yeah. Why is it why is the distance of the throw in his and you know what I think it is, Patrick? I think it was Saban. I think this has always been Sark. This is all he, he he's always been a big game hunter. Yeah. Wants to go downfield, wants to take those those deep shots. Um, I think he was being to a sense the checks and balances being regulated by Saban going, yeah, Sark, no, no, no. I need you to dial that back. We're gonna we need the offense to be a little bit more quarterback friendly. I want higher percentage passes. I want yak yards. And I think now that Sark's, you know, he's unchecked. It's his offense. It's yeah. his program. Sark can do what he wants to do. And Sark wants to throw that damn thing downfield. He wants to. So vote. he yeah. he's more in the Pete Carroll mindset still. At USC of coming up in that peak, like, hey, we got a good quarterback. We can throw the ball. And it's not the Sark that we knew with the Falcons when he had Dan Quinn, a defensive mind, to sit with him and say, hey, man, if you throw that, I'll pick it off. Like, I, my defensive mind, I know how to stop that. That's actually and, interesting. And you have Dick Saban, who's a defensive mind. He goes, you throw that, I can stop that. And then he works with an offensive mind, and then he's the guy now, so he can sit there and go, oh, no, no, I, I know I can do this. Yeah, he's got, and it's, uh, it's not about what you can and can't do. <laughs> yeah. It's what I can stop and what I can't stop. I do. I think it's Saban. I think you're right. And that's a good point about the defensive philosophy of Saban automatically fighting against that. No, no, no. We don't just take deep shots downfield. That's a wasted down. Because um, he had defense, that when I he was can, at the yeah. Falcons as well with Dan Quinn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right because uh, Dan Quinn had veto power, if you will, or Saban had veto yeah. power on those types of calls. So they wouldn't allow him to get to a 20% uh, twenty uh, deep ball rate or anything like that. Uh, so anyway, so getting back to it, because I think C.J. Vogel did a good job here. And by the way, you should follow him at C.J. Vogel, V-O-G-E-L underscore uh, T-F-B for football break. Yeah, those guys do a good job. Um, so scoring, and it, obviously his scoring offenses have been affected um, because at Bama he had top two scoring offenses in 2019 and 2020, and here at Texas those will drop. Obviously last year because the team had you know uh, pass protection issues, um, quarterback issues as well, uh, uncertainty there, instability there. We're 18th and 34th, but now passing offenses 48th and 41st here. Um, and at Bama you were, of course were you know uh, top five passing offenses in the country. So to me, I think it's, it seems pretty obvious that although I think when I always say football, and I was told this by a really good coach um, who's still coaching in the league, I believe, football and life are constant struggles between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. We all want to be something. 
but we got to pay the bills, <laughs> right? We gotta we gotta make sure we put put food in our mouths. Uh, you know, there's there's there are certain responsibilities and obligations that'll probably keep you from being everything that you want to be. You're probably gonna have to find a, find a compromise between hey what man, you want to be. I want to go out every night and go drinking, exactly, and have fun and go see bands every night. Can't can't you, do that. It's not reality. Or you gotta get I got up a job. I got five in the morning. Yeah. And, yeah. So you can't do that, right? So what you want to be, what you need to be. Football's the same way. I know what Sark wants to be. I know what he wants to be. He wants to be a big game hunter who can who can threaten teams with the run game. And if you want to stack the boxes to run, oh, pretty simple. I'm going to chunk it deep. Pick your poison. You want me to chunk it deep on you? You want to die the death of a thousand cuts? Or you want to break out this haymaker on you and put you out of your misery? That's what he is, big game hunter. All right, you stack the box, I throw it deep. You, you guard the deep ball, I run the rock. Pretty simple. All right, but when you're not hitting the D ball, <laughs> that you know that 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 conundrum that you present to the defense, that it's it's not that tough to solve. It's not that difficult to try to figure out because if Quinn, that, that's why teams are now deciding let, let Quinn Ewers beat you. I'm gonna sack the box. I'm a, I'm gonna put nine in the box if I have to. Yeah, because I'm a double X man and put nine in the box. And because Quinn yeah. Ewers can't beat me. Yeah. So your 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 hypothesis about oh if they load the box I just chunk it deep and I make them pay for that you're not making them pay they're not paying for it they're not paying for stacking the box and I think that's why everything is breaking down for him and his young quarterback is struggling but here's the last thing before we get to the sounds I want to play this trend different sound then we get to some Sark sound so the last thing he points out is that when you look at uh, Quinn Ewers yards per attempt based on areas of the field. When he's throwing at 20-plus yards down the field, averaging 7.1 yards per attempt, that ranks 12th in the Big 12. <laughs> Not even 12 teams, but it ranks 12th. Uh, 30% completion percentage ranks 10th in the Big 12 when you're throwing the ball 20-plus yards downfield. But passes at the line of scrimmage, he's averaging 9.3 yards per attempt. So he's at the line of scrimmage, so he's throwing it. This is a simple you know, dump off or a check down or whatever it may be. But the athletes around him are elite athletes. You're dumping it down to a Bijan. You're checking it down to a Rojo. It's a screen to a Jay Witt. It's a screen to an X-Man. You got JT Sanders. Yeah, Jay, you know what I'm saying? Like, those guys, yeah, that guy, may, he may catch it at the line of scrimmage or within five yards, but the yak, he'll get yards. He'll make plays. So for Sark, why don't you start scheming space closer to the line of scrimmage as an offensive mind? Scheme, which you can do, but create space close to the line of scrimmage so you can create yak yardage rather than trying to scheme up the deep shots because it's obvious at this point – it isn't, it isn't working, and your quarterback isn't very efficient at it. Yeah, and especially when you throw in the fact that you have Jay Witt, who is great catching a short pass and getting yak oh, because like he responds. Back. And then he's also another factor of he's a great blocker that if Superb. you throw a short pass in front of and he Jay Witt's just leading the way for Xavier, Excellent you get blocker. that lead block. So yep. you're like, you have this key piece. Totally agree with you. That is so valuable for what for that and kind so of game. It's so diverse. And it's just like, oh, he can do two things for me. So he can be the guy, or he can be my lead blocker. Yep. Plus, I can also throw Bijan out there and run him out. There's just so many things you can do with him. That and then he says, he says after the game, he goes, uh, "What offensive player in the press for this week? What offensive player would stick out?" And he goes, "Jordan Wington." Yeah. And they go, "Do you have another one?" He goes, "No." <laughs> yeah. And he said no. He said no. To that answer. Yeah. No and, one else. And his first, I think his first target came late in the second quarter. And then I believe in the, um, he only had one target, I believe, in the first half. And they found him in the second half. That's when he gets, got all yeah. those wide receiver screens and he started killing TCU on the perimeter. I mean, and JT Sanders is not a great on the line blocker. But if you literally could say, hey, man, I'm going to stick out Bijan or Xavier Worthy out on this route. And I'm going to put JT Sanders and Jordan Whittington in front of him to lead the to way. Black DBs. So, and then if you know if I can leak out alignment or whatever else on anything else, great. 
But those two to get the the path waited for a guy like Xavier Worthy, who is a punt and kick returner. Yeah. Now you and right. get in that space. Yeah. I I just if I'm having trouble getting him the ball too, and you can tell that he's maybe losing steam because he's run you know 17 football field lengths in a quarter and hasn't touched a ball yet. Yeah. No, maybe. maybe maybe I get in the ball and go, hey man, go pick us up 35, and now you're feeling good. Now they're freaked out. Maybe the, the DBs have to cover you a little bit differently because they know you got blockers around you now, and because you're trying to get the ball. No question. And if if everybody's double teaming X Man, which it seems like that's yeah. the recipe, right? That's the blueprint. Decoy. They're yeah. gonna double him. Use that against them. They're gonna yeah. double him. Okay, then he's a decoy. Uh, we will run him uh, on a certain route, uh, an over or under route, just to make sure there are two guys on him. And his his job really is to collect those two guys. Then that means we got the numbers advantage. That means somebody more than some more than one guy is one on one. Find the one-on-one matchups. I'm, I, I hope in this game versus Kansas, because Kansas, by the way, is a terrible defense. They really are. They're, they're one of the worst defenses in the country. Um, I hope that Sark can get to uh, a point where he's he humble himself enough, I should say, so that he can get his quarterback in a groove early. Maybe you can take the shots later on, but early on, get your quarterback confident. Get him in a rhythm. Just the easy, just, like you said, see it go in. Just an easy completion. I was yeah. easy. I want his first... Four or five completions to be easy. Just well, easy, just, man. I want you to be not the parent who complains because their kid should be doing extra level math because they're the smartest kid in the room, even though your <laughs> right. kid ain't the smartest kid in the room. I want you to be the one to go, oh, no, I'm going to help my kid. I'm going to put him in a position to win because I know my kid's smart enough. You know, you just, you know he's got the arm talent. We know he's got the arm talent. Everybody knows that. You got to show that off to me. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. But don't put him in a position and don't necessarily coddle him where if you're worried that, hey, man, if we start throwing it over the middle and those little things, it's a little bit easier to get an interception because there's going to be more traffic. You know, maybe he's not going to read a linebacker right. Or maybe he likes to throw the ball high. Maybe our wide receiver even just tips it off his hands yep. and that's an easy pick. Yep. I get why you're a little bit more t- scared of some of those things because I do see he does throw the ball high a lot. And, well, we, oh, you know what? We're going to get to that sound because that's a great point to bring up. Good segue. But yeah, he throws the ball high and you just go, well, maybe that's something that maybe that's the reason you're not wanting to go over the middle as much could be. And, and do that because that you're be. worried about interceptions. But if you protect him too much, you put him in the position he is now where he has no confidence because he has practice confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, practice confidence don't mean anything. There ain't nothing in the game. Because then you get hit in a game and then you throw an interception and then you throw the ball away and the crowd starts booing and the crowd starts laughing at you. And that was that. That practice confidence is gone. No, and that's, that's why that look on the sideline when he's on the phone. Yeah. Oh man, that it's a scary look. He looks like, and I I felt bad for him. He looked like yeah. he was on the verge of tears. And I get it. he's frustrated. He's not confident, um, and he looks confused. And I think uh, not only will it be a good idea, and I heard E Hogan bring this up. I think it's a good idea to have somebody on the sideline. You know, talking to him face to face instead of on the phone because Sark's a little too busy being the head coach and AJ Milwee's upstairs. Uh, but also, you know, I, like I said, I think early on in the game, uh, you get him in a groove with just some screen passes, the quick game with Sark. We don't, Texas never throws the quick game. The slants, the hitch routes, the quick outs, it's rare. This is the game for it, in my opinion. And the reason, it's a, get, a, uh, get us to the Trent Dilfer sound. The reason that Quinn Ewers has been inaccurate at times, just making what some people consider very simple throws, is the footwork. He acknowledged it. He said his footwork needs work. Uh, he, he said it needs to uh, improve. And Sark, well, he was asked about it and basically kind of just, um, he kind of disregarded the question, basically. He, he said it was fine and he's doing well, but I think he, he, think he just disregarded the question. But Trent Dilfer, 
who does the Elite 11 camps and obviously was a quarterback in the league and does an uh, analysis work for the NFL um, or for ESPN for the NFL. He was talking to, uh, I think it was Ryan Wasillo for the Ringer podcast. They were talking about Quinn Ewers. And he has a great, uh, and I think it really a, a great metaphor, if you will, here about uh, in comparison about Quinn Ewers' footwork, and he compares it to golf. Uh, it's a little lengthy, but I think it's pretty good. So here's uh, Trent Dilfer talking about Quinn Ewers' footwork. But I think this is a really good analogy here, and I hope enough people are golf fans. You have to play it, but you're a golf fan. The driving range is the biggest liar in great golfers okay so you can walk down a range go to whisper rock in arizona it has the most pros best place in the world shout out to my whisper rock buddies and you can line up 95 guys across the range and it's a ball striking clinic it is there you'll find amateurs mid-am semi-pro guys mini tour guys 52 year old farts that shoot 68 on a tuesday and it's just a ball-striking clinic. I mean, center of the face, high draw, low cut, whatever you want. Call your shot. These guys just can stripe it. And then you go tee it up and play $100 one-downs. And you'll find that a lot of the guys that can stripe it can't get it in the hole. Because they're so concerned with hitting the ball great, they become ball-striking junkies. They forget that the goal of the game is to get it in the hole as fast as possible. Quinn Ewers is that. He's been that since high school. He is still that. He is a generational thrower, Jeff George type thrower. But the boring things like chipping and putting and 75-yard wedge play, those carryovers to football, which are footwork, eye work, timing, eye manipulation, pocket movements, the boring things that actually make you great, he's never taken the time to fall in love with. Now, will he? I think Sark's a really good coach. I think he will. So I'm not indicting, I'm not indicting him in his future. I'm just saying that that is exactly who he is. He's the guy on the range you think is a plus seven. And then you get him on the fourth hole and you're like, man, I'm going to strip this guy. You know, and, and I, I did this for a long time. I was the plus two that would go strip these dudes that out, out ball struck me through the whole day, but I got in the ball the hole faster than them. He needs to fall in love with the boring, monotonous stuff that comes with quarterbacking that will make him great. Because when I say a generational thrower, there have been a handful of people on the planet earth that God has touched with the ability to throw a football like him. But it's not going to make him a winner. It's all the other stuff that will make him a winner. That's rounding the money. It is. Um, yeah, I, I said last week, you know, having a big-time arm is great. It it does help you in your pursuit to become a great quarterback, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Um, having a, a great arm is like being well-endowed. That doesn't make you a great lover. There's a lot that goes into that mix, right? There's a lot to consider that's going to make you a great lover, uh, just like being a quarterback. Your footwork, your your pocket presence, your leadership, your response to adversity, your body language, your accuracy, all those things. It's just it's a ton of different data points you throw in there and end up making you a great quarterback. And then there's the, the immeasurables and the things that we can't really quantify at all. 
That is, he's got the it quality. He's got that yeah. it, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I think that's a really good analogy by uh, Trent Dilfer there about falling in love with the boring. Because there's nothing about Trent, about Quinn Ewers' game that's boring. Right? We even liked the fact early on that he was throwing off-platform throws. Man, he can make that throw without even setting his feet. Woo-wee! And now we're like, damn, man, set, set your, your feet! feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, it's like uh, it, what was impressive early on about Queen Ewer's game now has become a little bit annoying because I think it is hindering his development as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we all look, you've all seen baseball players that can hit the ball 200 miles, but they can't hit a curve. And we've mm. all seen basketball players that can jump out of the gym, but they can't stay on the floor without getting fouls. Yep. Like, we've all seen those guys that don't work hard enough on the little things to make them a great player. And you go, you have every gift in the world. All the raw materials. But you just need to work that extra point, and you don't think you have to. And that's when, with Sark right now, you just want to go, you have to stop babying him at a certain point because you need to get on him because he can be great. Oh, yeah. And if you baby greatness, how Ooh. long is that going to take? Mm, that's a good one. Don't baby greatness. That's not like Kobe Bryant would say something <laughs> like that. I like that, though. You're right, though. Because like, well, when your prodigies are pushed. Yeah. At every level, in every industry, every walk of life, we, get, yeah. we find a prodigy. We find a kid who in second grade is reading at a fifth grade level. We go, all right. Kids, you got to go to fifth grade. I know it's crazy. And if you but don't, they're in art school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. That's a good point. And I, listen, you're not going to be able to fix his footwork during the season, but it should improve, right? You're not going to fix it. That's, like, that's kind of an off-season project, but it should improve. And let's see in this game if it improves. Because yeah. he loves to make some of them throws where he's got the arm to make the throws, but, man, it could be a lot more accurate. And it is going. it's a bad habit to develop. Rather, yeah, you can yeah. make that little check down, you know, with that sidearm and out setting your feet, but that's a really bad habit because it's not going to work against every opponent. And when you get uh, get against elite competition or better competition, man, those little details, it makes all the difference. Yeah. yeah. I think an easy way to do that, start changing up these progressions. I'll, I'll still use the word uh, even word though I'm not day. sure they're there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but change them up so that maybe it's, hey, man, this guy's coming across. You have enough time to take three-step drop plant your feet, throw the ball, and we're not worried about a pass rush because you're not even looking downfield. Because the ball's You're not out. going to that thing. We're sending him. Yeah, exactly. And if he's open, we will tell you on the next play, like, hey, man, they, they know you're not we'll looking at back. him. We'll, we'll, we'll run it back and you can look <laughs> at him. But make the make the decision for him a little bit easier and go, hey, man, this is where we're looking. It's You have two options. This guy, if you can't get – if that ball's not right there, you check it check right it down. down here. That is your two. And if that isn't there, throw it in the dirt. Yeah. Don't care. Basically doing half-field reads, essentially. Yeah, but uh, just yeah. make it easy early in the game to go, huh? now remember how good you are? Now you've been doing that. They notice your eyes haven't even looked at X-Men. Yeah. Look now we're going to take that shot. Now I'm going to ask you to look at that quick game, and then we're going to take it up top. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, that's that's why everybody asked him about the progressions was like it's so, so he could specify, and he didn't, by the way. Are the progressions for deeper shots? Or is the early progression for the deeper shots or an early progression for the more shallow routes? And I think he said basically sometimes it's deep, sometimes it's shallow. Yeah. Which I'm with you. Make it more shallow then. More shallow early reads. Just, just, just try it. <laughs> just try it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll come back. Uh, good discussion there. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Thursday night football game tonight. Packers and Titans. We'll give you our pick. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. 
loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Ball don't lie right here on 104 now in the horn. Actually, Patrick and I were talking about Twitter, actually. Twitter's in trouble, potentially. Uh, Twitter just alerted employees that effective immediately all office buildings are temporarily closed. Badge access is suspended. No details given as to why. So they're hearing this because Elon Musk and his team are upset that employees are going to sabotage the company. Also, they're trying to figure out which Twitter workers they need to cut access for. Is this like, is he going full Scarface? Uh, they said offices were going to reopen November 21st, but yet it's basically like trying to figure out who's with them and who's against them. I guess they figure there are some people. There's some people sabotaging. Yeah, there's people on the inside on that don't like where the company's going. Well, sure yeah, but look, I've disliked where companies have been going. I've worked for before. Never my, tried to sabotage It's them. my job. <laughs> it's like, cool. I'd also like to eat. Yeah, I'm, with you, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm trying to sabotage, but you know, the tech world's a different world. I ain't in the tech world, uh, but yeah, that's that's some wild stuff. So I hope Twitter doesn't end up in trouble. But right now, that's some uh, some issues right now. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the game tonight between the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. This is an interesting matchup because it's you have right now the Tennessee Titans, who I don't I have no idea how the Tennessee Titans are. What six and three right now? Yeah, it's amazing that they're six and three. They have they how about this? I'll give you a random number here. The Titans have one of the worst offenses in the NFL, 26th in points per game right now. So they're, And uh, they're actually, I think, in yards per drive. They're like the worst team in the NFL in yards per drive. But their defense, it's, it, it really is a tale of uh, two different uh, halves. They are basically two uh, different teams. Their defense is the best third-down defense in the NFL. 27.9% third down conversion rate. Uh, they haven't allowed, how about this, haven't allowed more than 17 points in regulation since week three. They got 53 pressures in the last two weeks, all about their defense. That's how they win in games. Defense and running game. But yeah. even last game, the Titans were held, I think, uh, oh, yeah, actually, Derrick Henry was held at 53 rushing yards. They still beat the Broncos 17-10, to 10, but it's mostly because Tannehill had 255 and two touchdowns. Yeah, and it's the Broncos. And it's the Broncos. Yeah, everybody's everybody's beating up on the Broncos. But Tennessee, listen, they I don't know how cause it, it ain't pretty and I don't know how they're gonna finish the season. But if they can keep Derrick Henry healthy, they they're gonna be in the playoffs and they're probably gonna not probably, they're definitely gonna win that division. Definitely we, gonna win the AFC South. Well, and then you're curious about the Packers because you look at this team that has looked completely disjointed, had nothing going for it the entire season. They they play the Cowboys last week. And all of a sudden, look Man. like the Packers have a team again. Christian Watkins, people are saying that he's going to be a breakout player now and he's finally going to get to where he's at. We saw the run offense finally start working. That, that was yeah. touted was going to be one of the best dual back systems in football this year. Now you get a short week. Yeah, that's a short week. You never know what's going to happen on a short week. So now are you able to go out there and still just go, okay, let's just pound the ball with uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? Or... Do, do they load up the box and say, "All right, Aaron, we think you got lucky once." Mm, that's a. Great Are you going to be able to throw? We want. We don't trust Christian Watkins is going to catch the ball now. All right, we're going to make you throw it. 
Yeah, and if they do throw the Packers, how about this? The Titans, 31st-ranked pass defense versus Aaron Rodgers. That's going to make them want to throw the ball. The Titans have the third. How about this? They have the 31st-ranked passing offense and the 31st-ranked passing defense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, something's got to give. And uh, it looks like, I mean, Green Bay, they're actually, they're, their pass defense actually is pretty good. So you don't have to worry about the Titans. Uh, I guess they'll probably throw the ball more with Ryan Tannehill, but they want to run the rock with Derrick Henry. This weather's supposed to be really cold up there, too. Um, apparently it's going to be like 30, maybe uh, lower than 30-something degrees there as well. So it's going to be cold. I think both of the teams want to run the ball. I know the Green Bay wants to run the rock because you just talked about the two backs they have, that two-back system with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I think the Titans, I think, I know, they want to run the rock and steps to run with Derrick Henry. So it should be a game that goes by quickly and rather low scoring. So probably take the under. Yeah, I mean, it's Thursday night football, too. Which <laughs> Thursday night football. Thursday night football, cold, two teams that want to run the ball. It, I mean, all odds are, so it'll probably be 75 to 90. I know. <laughs> but, I say, and we say, and I, but I would say the unders have been hitting all, all yeah, year long. No, it's Thursday night football. It's like in yep. fantasy football, you always tell people, don't play players that play on Thursday because that's true. the numbers are just lower. You have a, you don't that's get short prep. Week. Yeah. That's true. And you hurt. I mean, you're banged up. You NFL players actually do need that entire week to try to get healthy. Just like you hear yeah. guys there day to day until Saturday. It's true. Like, guys, they don't really know to their body. No, and I is. mean, if you talk about, like, Sark with a great script, you don't really get much of a script on a Thursday night football that you've practiced and gone through no. and ran through for two days. Totally agree. And you know it backwards and forwards. You don't get those plays. You're going off of, hey, we can't play last week's playbook because they have that as well, but we get, we're we just basically going off the playbook and just going calling it by ear. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Uh, really a uh, quick little nugget for you uh Gamblers out there, you degenerate gamblers. I'm a gambling, uh, I'm a degenerate, it's not a gambling degenerate. But underdogs in primetime, 65% of the time they cover the number. The unders in primetime, so in, unders in primetime, 65% of the time. So take that under, I don't know what it is, I haven't looked at it. And the underdogs of three plus points have uh, covered the spread uh, 65% this year. 65% winner against the spread. Underdogs of three-plus points. Titans, I believe, three-point underdog versus Green Bay right now. So take the under. And something says, man, the underdogs. The underdogs have been hitting, especially underdogs and the unders and that in prime time combined it all. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in the oven. Let you know what's on tap for us right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I... Have some of your tasty beverage to wash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, Why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's really good. That's good. That's good. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We uh, appreciate all the texts on the Specs text line. You guys are always great, so thanks for your participation. Uh, And uh, thanks to all the texters, man. It's been great today. Also, remember that if you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, Also, don't forget, Lavaca Street Bar, the 
like the downtown Lavaca Street Bar, the original Lavaca Street Bar is where we'll be having our pre-game uh, festivities, our pre-game uh, analysis, and also the watch party. So the the party before the actual party will be at Lavaca Street Bar, and then we'll have our watch party out there as well. And tomorrow you're out amongst people? Oh, yes. Thank you very much, Patrick. Tomorrow we are out at the Twin Peaks, the Stassi location, hanging out there. So if you're in the neighborhood, come on now. We'll be starting the weekend a little bit early at Twin Peaks. All right, Patrick, what's on tap for you, brother? Uh, you know, probably watching more basketball. Mm-hmm. It's just basketball season. And I'll, and I'll be watching the, the football game as well. Yeah, I'm going to watch the football game tonight. Uh, and uh, actually, I'll start watching some more Kansas film. I'll have uh, basically my last... Uh, uh, breakdown of how Texas can beat Kansas. It feels weird to say that how Texas can beat Kansas. How can they how do Texas it? Texas will beat Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> can. Texas will beat Kansas. God, man, we start revenge week off. Yeah, yeah. I have details about how Texas is going to whip the hell out of Kansas coming up tomorrow. All right, well, thank my man Patrick for doing a great job. I want to thank my man Hart. Thank all you guys out there for listening and for your text on the Specs text line. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.